Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, content producer at EM360. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcast needs. In today's podcast, I'll be speaking with Tim Pitcher, Nebulon VP, about bringing the cloud experience on-premises. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Much appreciated. Could you just uh, give us a bit of background on you know who you are and, and what you do at Nebulon? Yeah, so um, uh, I've been with Nebulon now for um, uh, over two and a half years. Um, and uh, I run the sales organization globally here, um, which talks to you know, all our interactions with our customers, both from a sales perspective and from a technical perspective. Okay, brilliant. Um, and and I, I've sort of brought you on here today to talk about why companies must bring their cloud experience on premises. Um, a recent ESG global research study showed that 60% of those who have moved to the cloud have repatriated workloads to their on-prem environments. Uh, what problems are enterprises currently facing with other cloud models? Well, so that, that's, a, that's a great question. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting the question you styled, which was must bring um, uh, you know the um, cloud applications on premises. That's that's kind of it, it's it's sort of part of it, but it's not really a matter of what they must do. It's more a matter of what are the choices do they have. And over the last ten years, as the public cloud has become really mainstream, um, more and more companies have been looking at how do they move applications, data sets, and, uh, and all this into the cloud. And, and there's been a huge amount of in innovation in the cloud as we as we know. Um, but what customers are finding uh, is that, that, that for cost and also for compliance reasons, very often the, the public cloud isn't exactly the perfect environment for them. It can be, you know, it can be incredibly expensive if you get it wrong. Um, there's all sorts of regulation which they, they can't comply with uh, in certain countries and with certain uh, data sets and applications and all these sorts of things. So what they, what they want is to have choice. And so the choice is, you know, do they... What do they keep on premise uh, uh, in their own data centers and what do they put into, into the public cloud? Uh, and that's really the conversation. Now, once you, once you know what it is that you want to you know, keep on prem, the question then is how do you do it? And, and if you think about the world over you know, the, the, the last, since the 2000s, the beginning of this century, for example, you know, you've got traditional three-tier infrastructure, um, which has been around for a, for a long time of stat, you know, racked server storage and networking. And this is a really traditional approach, but it's, it's expensive by today's standards and it's, uh, it's inflexible and slow uh, to deploy. You've got the hyper-converged infrastructure that kind of came along next. Um, and um, but this comes with its restrictions. It was really simple, which is cool. You know, customers liked the sim the simple nature of it. But it but it really didn't operate at scale, and it really didn't um, fix the data services that customers were looking to have. And, and what we're proposing is that smart infrastructure, i.e., infrastructure that looks and feels like um, you're building the cloud uh, environment on premise. So you've got simple. Uh, scalable infrastructure that you manage from the cloud in exactly the same way as you manage your data sets and applications in the cloud um, is, is the next wave of technology that's going to be coming out. And there's a huge amount of investment in this kind of thinking uh, and these sorts of technologies 
um, uh, in places like Silicon Valley right now. So th th this is the offering that we that we have today, uh, and we think customers will really look to capitalize on it as they, they think about what, what customers talk about very often as a cloud first strategy, like what can they build in the cloud? What can they put in the cloud? And now we're giving them the opportunity to say, well, if we can't put everything in the cloud, then you know we want to have the same experience on-prem. They want the same agility, the simplicity, the ability to operate at scale, uh, and they want far less technology on-prem so that it's much easier for them to, to deploy and for them to use. It's much quicker and um, uh, and it's far more, far more efficient for them. And it's worth remembering that the um, the data center space is now growing again. You know, there was this all this view that everything was going to go to the cloud and then the world of information technology, whether it becomes applications or software or infrastructure, that everything was just going to be growth in the cloud and the on-prem market, as it were, uh, would go into decline. And that that just simply isn't the, isn't the case. Um, there was a survey that just came out um, from uh, Silicon uh, Silicon Angle, and, and that shows that you're seeing three percent growth across uh, uh, data centers uh, again, and data center infrastructure and software. So, so that we know that the data center itself is is alive and well, and we know from a bunch of other surveys that customers are repatriating applications, and we also know that the cloud is alive and well. So, you know, there's lots of stuff that's being built and delivered in the cloud, but at the same time, there's um, uh, there's a hell of a lot going on prem as well. So, so obviously you mentioned there that a lot of organizations are planning to invest in achieving a cloud-like experience in their data centers. Um, what, what steps specifically do enterprises need to be aware of to successfully bring their cloud experience on-prem? Well, so, I mean, your options are, are somewhat limited in, in, in that perspective. I mean, it's, it, it, it really is a matter of the, the technology choices that you the technology choices that you make. I mean, if you want to have the cloud experience on-prem, it seems fairly logical to be able to run your on-prem infrastructure from the cloud. So if you were to imagine that you could take the management layer of your data center and your on-premises environment and you move that up to the cloud in a in a simple cloud control plane, then um, that then you can see your infrastructure from any point in the cloud, you can manage it incredibly easily. Uh, and um, you can build the security protocols around that that you're you're looking to that you're looking to build, um, and then that also conditions that the the infrastructure that you have on premise talks to the cloud in that way so that it can be can be managed and uh, and and that's really our value proposition is that we've got a, a new way of thinking about how you would manage on prem infrastructure and how you manage data services from you know host based data services and uh, and if that infrastructure can then talk securely to uh, a cloud control plane you've got the benefits that you're that you're looking for so you're actually managing your infrastructure exactly the same way um, as you manage your applications and data sets in the cloud and when it comes to executing all of this what can enterprises learn from smart devices to build a smarter infrastructure well so if you go back to um uh, you know, let's say around 2010 or something like that, most organizations weren't thinking about putting everything into the public cloud. A lot of organizations weren't thinking about using the public cloud at all. They weren't interested in it. And now today you've got a huge, um, you know, population of companies of all shapes and sizes that are either born in the cloud or exclusively in the cloud with no intention of going back on premise 
um, uh, whatsoever. And one of the big drivers for that was consumer uh, um, environments, such things like iCloud, Snapfish, and all this stuff, where you know all this was available at home, and people were using the cloud at home, and it became mainstream for them in terms of the way that they were thinking and working. So it became completely logical. Um, to do the same thing when they were at work. So they started to use the cloud more and more for some of the smaller application environments and easier things to be able to use in the cloud. More and more applications were built for the cloud, which made it easy for customers to, um, uh, to, you know, to start using the cloud. And then they used it more and more and more, uh, and it became successful. Nowadays, in, you know, since that period in time, there's, there's been a huge development of smart devices that we see around our homes. Um, and... And in, in our daily lives, I mean, obviously, smartphones have come along since then and in, in, in leaps and bounds. But, you know, we've got smart TVs, we've got Amazon Echo, we've got, you know, energy saving devices around the house and you've got Ring and, uh, and Nest. And, and, you know, if you've got an electric car, then you're going to be doing more and more stuff with electric cars um, in terms of software updates at home and all this kind of stuff. If you've got a Tesla, for example, you, you manage the car exclusively from the cloud. And, uh, and so you've got all these devices that are going on uh, at home. So people are used to the, the benefits of the cloud, that immediate time to value, plugging something in at home, downloading an app and then driving it from the app and all the controls uh, operate in that way. So it seems completely logical that it will follow the same path into the data center as well. Um, so it's on that trend line, and we're starting to see more and more major organizations bring out technology that is cloud-defined or cloud-managed uh, in, um, in such a way. Uh, and so, so I think that's the trend, that's the trend that we're, all, uh, we're on, and it'll become mainstream and ubiquitous, um, I think, over the next few years. So in relation to what we've already discussed, what are some of the key trends that you've been noticing within the data center and cloud spaces? Well, so probably the most significant thing that everyone is engaged with uh, today is um, challenges around security and, and, and ransomware attacks. So, you know, we, we know from surveys from companies like um, Gartner that, that, you know, 75% of organizations, they are by 2025 will face one or more ransomware um, threats uh, or attacks. And, and so companies today are in a situation where they know they're going to face a ransomware attack and they know that it could be hideous for them in terms of how they respond to that. I mean, the average, the average recovery time um, from a ransomware attack, again, this is Gartner, um, is around 23 days. So for, for an organization, the ransomware attack is bad enough. The real problem is the amount of time it takes for them um, to, uh, to, to get themselves back up and running again. I mean, it's really, really significant and incredibly damaging, uh, damaging for companies. And the good news is that when it comes to protecting your data, there's a huge amount of organizations out there today that um, will be able to protect your data uh, and make sure that, um, uh, that, that you don't lose any data or any customer information or things that are critical to you. But if you can't meaningfully use that data or if you can't, meaningfully run your company for 23 days. It, it renders the whole thing uh, somewhat pointless. And, and that is really where we are targeted. When we think about smart infrastructure, the, the, the opportunity to go deep into that infrastructure and protect the operating environment, the server-based environment, as well as the, the storage and data services platform 
from a ransomware attack um, uh, is, is really, really significant. And what, where we're going as an organization is to increasingly build immutable infrastructure that al allows customers to have extreme confidence in the environment that they're building. But today, to be able to recover in a matter of moments from a ransomware attack, as opposed to spending over 20 days doing it, is really, really significant. And that major trend is the, the thing that we are, um, is the issue that we're really focused on addressing uh, as a company. Is it, it, Nebulon gives customers the opportunity to manage their data services from a host. You're collapsing three-tier architectures into a single architecture, so that inherently gives you much more um, uh, much more protection because you're reducing the number of attack vectors. And, um, and on top of that, um, we're then allowing customers to be able to protect themselves by knowing that they're going to be able to um, uh, uh, time jump back to a, uh, a period where they were safe and secure and were, were free of a ransomware attack. And, and critically, you talked about other trends. One of the big trends that's going on at the moment is the explosion in what you might call edge computing, is that the environments at the the edge of customers' networks. So it used to be that everything would be wrapped up into a core data center. Um, and that isn't the case. That isn't the case today. And, and probably or possibly 50% or more of investment in IT infrastructure is going to be uh, is going to be at the edge of at the edge of networks. So uh, and this these are the perfect opportunity for um, uh, for customers, uh, enterprises to be attacked. Uh, at these less secure, these less secure environments, and one of the beauties of what we're offering customers today is because it's all managed from the cloud, you can see your edge environment in exactly the same way and manage it in exactly the same way as you do your core environment. Uh, and um, and on top of that, it's every bit as every bit as protected with um, with time jump. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. Well, well, thank you, Tim, for all of your great insight on today's topic. And thank you to everyone who listened to our conversation. If you would like more information on what we discussed today, make sure you head on over to nebulon.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head on over to EM360Tech.com. <laughs>